0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: About the schadenfreude i feel his displeasure over this particular film so yay me uh mark how are you doing this evening
0: boo for you halloween oh when ghosts and goblins by the score ring the bell of your front door you better not be stingy or your nightmares will come true boo happy halloween robert
1: Yeah, it is, in fact, Halloween, and thankfully, there's not a lot of, you know, there's someone actually outside my front door handing out candy, rather than having them ring the bell and have my dogs go off every, like, 20 seconds. Um, did you go out trick-or-treating? Right.
0: Did, did you go get your free candy?
1: I'm 32.
0: Yeah, that doesn't stop people. Have you, have you seen the pictures on Facebook?
1: I'd like to consider myself slightly more – I mean, I I hate to just say cultured as a blanket statement, but more like aware of myself and the reality of the world around me than various 20-something millennial jack-offs who are going around (laughs) trick-or-treating.
0: When did you stop trick-or-treating? Because I know – I was still trick or treating to some degree as a teenager. You know, teenager, you, you go out in all black, wear your black leather jacket, your black jeans, boots, and you throw on a mask. That's the whole costume. Whatever, what, whatever the mask is, it's going on. You know, uh, it, it's going on whatever black outfit you threw together. Um, and I and I and I feel like fifteen, sixteen was about where I, I hit my limit. Uh, when, when did you stop trick or treating?
1: Oh, not. I think I was younger than that. Uh, probably fourteen, fifteen, something like that. There were, okay, we're geographic inconveniences.
0: Con- okay. Um. Yeah, I uh, I used to really enjoy the holiday. I don't so much anymore. Now now my my favorite part of the holiday is actually going. I <laughs> was telling my wife. I'm really enjoying going through Facebook and seeing everybody else's kids dressed up, and certainly I enjoyed pictures of my... I didn't get a chance to go trick-or-treating with my kids this year. I had to work. Um, but uh, my wife was good enough to send me pictures of my kids and my nephew trick-or-treating at my, uh, around my in-laws' neighborhood, and I, and I rather enjoyed that. It's fun to see all the little kids in their costumes. It won't catch me out there, but uh, it, was fun to, it was fun to see other people doing it.
1: Yeah, it becomes a vicarious thing the older you get, I think. So, uh, let's another
0: uh, ho- another Halloween tradition, watching scary movies. We had our family Halloween tradition yesterday. We watched the, uh, the Disney's Halloween treat, which is the whole thing's on YouTube. We watched that with the kids yesterday, which is basically um, 90 minutes of cut-together footage with some narration uh, from the more... Scarier, quote unquote, scarier elements of uh, old Disney. A little bit of Snow White here. A terrible
1: pumpkin, like a puppeteered puppet jack o' lantern, between uh, things providing narration.
0: That's one. That's one version of it. The version we watched last night uh, didn't have the talking pumpkin. It had the uh, the mirror. The mirror was providing the narration at one point. Okay.
1: Well, if you're wondering why we're kind of taking our time getting through to this one, that's because tonight we'll be reviewing Jigsaw. And Mark doesn't really want to talk about it, because Mark doesn't like <laughs> things that are scary and or gross.
0: Actually, let me, let, let me say this. I, uh, I, don't, I don't want to use the phrase, I learned something about myself, because I think I've, I've known this for quite some time. But it became a prevalent thought in my mind, As I watched Jigsaw, and I did watch it, ladies and gentlemen. I know uh, on our on trial of Season of the Witch, I I will quote myself here. I said, when it comes to horror, I'm a pussy, and I scare easily. One of the few times that I will admit uh, that sort of thing, I I scare very easily when it comes to horror movies. Is why I don't watch them. I don't particularly enjoy them. Because uh, I don't enjoy being frightened. That being the case, I went into Jigsaw with my eyes wide open, ready to do this. I said, you know, I, I, I put, I've put Robert went through, through at least two Transformers movies. There's going to be a third one next year. I've put him through so much pain and suffering. I, I'm going to get through this just because I'm a man, God damn it. And he, and he threw the gauntlet down, and I said, fuck it. I'm, you know, I ain't scared of shit. So I pick up that gauntlet, and into the movie theater I went. And here's what I, I figured out. And this goes to my review of the movie, but I wasn't scared by anything that I saw. I wasn't frightened. What I realized, though, is how little I cared about what was happening on screen because I didn't care about any of the people. And, and here's what I'm getting to. What, I'm, what I was realizing or what, what kept occurring to me was, I don't. Even if you tell me that these people are bad These are bad people who did bad things And they deserve to be punished I still don't particularly want to see them mutilated I, I don't enjoy that I, Look, I want to see villains get their comeuppance But I believe in justice I don't believe in masochism And that's all the movie was It was just revenge masochism mutilation for this sadism. Sorry, sadism. You know, sadism for the sake of entertaining people who enjoy sadism. And, I, and I'm and i not sadistic. Not in any way, shape, or form. It, it's a weird thing that I work in a The list of movies we have
1: scheduled for 2018 would beg to differ <laughs> as it pertains to your sadistic natures, but I'll not belabor uh, the point.
0: Aw, sh- oh, shut up. <laughs> um, you know I'm right. But I... I I'm trying to make a point here. I, it's funny because I work in a correctional institution where it is often bandied about that, you know, the people that we are in the uh, service of care, control, caring for, controlling, uh, and such. You know, they they, they want to see bad things happen to these people because they're bad people, and I have to often say, at least to myself, if not out loud, uh, they deserve to be they deserve they deserve to be treated humanely. And while that sometimes may be difficult, depending on the, the nature of their crimes and the nature of their being, it doesn't give anyone the right to be a monster and treat these people inhumanely. So watching a movie filled with that sort of thing bore no entertainment value for me. I, I, I kind of was just watching this going... And there are elements of the movie that I that I found entertaining. You know, the Who Done It part, you know, the part that was a murder mystery, a, a cop drama, if you will, I was okay with. But when it just came when it came down to the real meat of the thing, the whole the main attraction, the reason why you go see these movies, I couldn't wait for the ninety minutes to go by fast enough. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't understand why people watch this or why this is entertaining. Uh and my final point about this is it, I understand the movie is saying these are bad people and they deserve bad things to happen to them, but I, even with that, the movie did such a poor job of telling you, about, telling you more about these people to, to get you interested in their well-being that not only did I fundamentally disagree with the premise I didn't even care enough about those people, these characters, to where, I, you know, at least um, something I saw recently. Oh, okay. Uh, I, the, the one difference in the movie where I had a slight twinge of, like, awe I guess, I guess you could call it regret that the character allegedly, quote-unquote, died. Spoiler alert. Is when, uh, I think it's Matt Passmore, you know, who, play, who uh, plays the doctor in this, and ultimately ends up becoming uh, is the villain. Before that big reveal when he dies allegedly, I was like, "Oh, that's sad." <laughs> that was it. That's the one bit of emotion the movie evoked from me. So, I I feel, I felt the need to share that up front. That was that was, you know, you always ask like what were your expectations? That was my viewing experience. Just sitting there wondering, "What have we become <laughs> as a society?"
1: No, those are Generally valid points, and it's. Let me just say that if you want my deeper thoughts on like this franchise, why I loved it to begin with, and my personal distaste for what it's become, please go into the archives. Check out the Long Road to Ruin episode that Sean Comer and I did. It's a two-parter just on the Saw franchise. And just to note the way that we talk differently about the first three versus the second four. Um, <laughs> there's a marked difference that, uh, again, we go into much greater detail about each of the movies individually uh, over the course of those two episodes. So please, if you're curious about that beyond what we're going to talk about here, if you listen to me hammer this thing and you wonder why, oh, why did you A insist on putting this on the schedule apart from just to torture mark? And A I don't need a well I don't actually need more of a reason than to torture mark because he thought GeoStorm was a good idea. They'll do. Because he thought, oh what was it? Was that one from earlier this year that was just like why oh why I'll get to that in a second. Anyway, the the point there being it's one of those franchises that, if you, I think, when you see the first couple of movies, the first two specifically, if you're predisposed to enjoying intense, slightly gory or horror material, you will enjoy them, and it will. And there's elements of it that are so well done that it will engender within you a, a you know, a abiding affection and positive association. That then subsequently gets drugged through the mud. Uh, I have a very and I believe the majority of you people out there as well probably have a similar association with the Hellraiser franchise. The first two are exceptional, and then there's weird dips and you know, ups and downs throughout the remaining movies. But, but the last like two or three I believe the last two specifically, are just the worst. But you watch them in large part because you've enjoyed some of the other entries into the franchise. Again, there's this deep, abiding affection. Uh, I have the same thing with Tremors, because I loved the first Tremors movie, so much so that I actually did sit through Tremors 5, that just dumpster fire of an experience. It, It was awful. And for me, Saw is kind of that same way. That's one of the reasons I wanted it on here, not just to screw with Mark, but also because I'm, I'm like, moderately curious about just how bad these things are going to get before it's all done away with. And we're getting pretty bad here. Uh, all right. As for the plot of this thing, such as it is, um, we do the – yeah. I almost don't want to give a synopsis because the synopsis reminds me that this is basically just like bad fan fiction of like the original trilogy. It's just, it's so weird. Uh, but I shall... Uh, there are two primary narratives going on here. One is a couple of police detectives looking for what appears to be a copycat of the Jigsaw Killer. And then we have the five individuals... Going through a series of games that jigsaws put together, if this sounds very, very familiar with saw, I believe it was five Three, four yeah, five that's because it's pretty much ripped straight out it's like a carbon copy it in terms of setup um our players go through horrible experiences. Because that's what you do. Our investigators are and We have a couple of police detectives, one of whom is loosely painted as a corrupt scumbag, and a couple of um, coroners, for want of a better phrase, um, a medical examiners, something along those lines, as they try to figure out where these poor people who are whose bodies they keep finding are being held, and who the copycat killer is and there's a couple of very bad misdirects um there's the requisite amount of gore uh the patented not patented but ever since the first movie there's now been we have to have some kind of twist value crop up at the end of these things and in this case because well this is a creatively bankrupt project Uh, they just ripped off one from at least, like, two other movies, I think, have done this exact same bit where, no, the game we are watching was played in the past. And I won't tell you which movies that particular bit comes from in the franchise, because you may as well have some degree of mystery around these things. And this was actually uh, one of Jigsaw's first games. We reveal that one of the doctors is the guy who's been killing people, and he's out for revenge because our shitbag detective let someone walk who wound up later killing his wife Um, I have so many issues with that whole bit of narrative so many because it just runs so counterintuitive to uh, that's a whole other discussion but he frames said, you know terrible cop as the new resurgent jigsaw killer and he gets to go on doing his things it this is kind of a mess. I mean, I, I, again, like, the most damning thing I can say about this is watching this movie, this felt like a bad piece of fan fiction that was written by someone who really liked the, you know, original trilogy, for one, or the Amanda trilogy, I believe it's referred to as by fans, and then conned their parents and a few friends in film school into. Uh, letting them make it 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 just feels so cheap so that's because it is but more importantly it actually and i said this about the original saw because the original saw had a very small budget as well it was less than it might have been less than 10 million dollars but it never felt all that cheap This one feels cheap. It feels unbelievably derivative, especially if you're a fan of the franchise. You can spot everything coming a mile away because there's, like, again, there's no creativity. There's nothing interesting. It's just let's try to cash in some more on this uh, franchise before we – because we're so desperate for, you know, financially successful films this year. I don't know. That's all I can kind of come up with as far as this goes. Um, Okay. Mark, I will put you on the spot a little bit here. You said you – I'm curious about this. You said that parts of the uh, detective story where they're, like, trying to figure out, you know, who is the, uh, you know, Jigsaw's copycat, because – and I want to say this, actually, briefly before I throw it to you. Every time they try to open one of these with the, you know, oh, maybe Jigsaw's back, I want to throw something. for a very specific reason. The entire opening bit for Saw 3 is actually the autopsy of John Kramer. They actually show, you know, the autopsy process that went into this guy. He's not only dead, he's been cut open. We've seen his body, we've seen him again cut open and measured and dissected. Why why do you think why are you trying to tell me that he's alive? You're not. There's nothing supernatural about this. Quit insulting everyone's intelligence. Ugh. Anyway, uh, and by the way, when the fact that they tried to do that and then actually showed, uh, I mean, I, I I can't say anything bad about Tobin Bell because he's awesome, but the fact that they, apart from you know setting up the, I mean, they telegraphed this so badly, that ending. They're like, no, no, what you're actually watching took place in the past. Again, like, so badly telegraphed. I mean, ugh. I mean I'm not entirely sure I haven't, like, like, signal flares. It, it was terrible. <laughs> I think I said this about, like, uh, about uh, Colby Covington's striking. That, when he, he, his striking was so telegraphed, he may as well have been using semaphores. Just like that, that ship-to-ship flag communication. <laughs> like, that, that's how bad this is. But you mentioned that there were a few things that you enjoyed, or that you kind of liked about this, or that you at least didn't find completely repellent. So uh, I will specifically ask you: You know what? You know what about this didn't make you want to run for the exit? Like I, I, uh, and you know made you think that, oh, maybe I won't quite curse Robert as much as I thought I would.
0: Well, look, I, I didn't know what the Saw franchise was. Um, I mean, apart from the obvious. I knew it was torture porn. I knew that it was, what do you call them, Ru Goldberg uh, devices that people are strapped into and they die in horrendous ways. So I knew that much about it, so I didn't want to go see it. I don't enjoy that sort of thing. I think I mentioned that before. However, um, what I did not realize was, or at least I, I can't speak to the other movies. I've never seen them, and it's been. And even though I did listen to the long road to ruin that you guys did while I was on one of my hiatuses, uh, I don't remember enough about what you guys said to comment on intelligently. So I will say this uh like i said i I didn't really know what i was in for and i was pleasantly surprised that at least there was an there was a semblance of a murder mystery that's it there was you know here's your cops here's your medical personnel here's your uh here's your murder mystery and let's you know let's watch these people try to solve this crime um, and you had you know the various misdirects you know there was the it's pointing at the girl and then it's pointing at the- the the guy, and then it's pointing at the cop and they're all sort of pointing at each other, and you know we get to the very end of this thing, and there's you know there's this final reveal that it's the coroner who is the who it turns out to be jigsaw's apprentice as as such um I was fine with that i mean. In the sense that I, I found it entertaining, that part of it, I found, that part of the movie, I found entertaining. I was legitimately interested in the detective story that they were telling. Um, and it was almost like watching two different movies. You know, there was the the games part, and we'll say the the we'll call it the games part and the detective part. When it focused on the detective part, I was into it. I, was, I watched with, you know, with rapt attention. I was uh, interested in what the characters were doing and the story that they were trying to tell. And then it would shift back to the games, and I found myself looking at everything but the screen. <laughs> now, part of that is I don't want to see bodies being mutilated, and that's a lot of what it was. Um, but, you know, part of it was also I'm not interested in that story. There, there's nothing about people being, you know, chained to a wall with buzz saws to me. Um, you know, or the, you know, the guy with his leg caught in the... Though I found that kind of funny. He's trying to escape and he goes through the floor. Um, you know, that is, literally and figuratively, they're supposed to be building up tension uh, around this guy's leg, which eventually, which eventually gets eviscerated. And I'm like, eh, okay. So, <laughs> you know, kids don't care. Um, and then they would pull away. You know, and I have to give, I have to give the editor and the director a lot of credit here, because you never stayed too long in one area. And I thought they did a pretty good job of cutting up the movie, no pun intended. You know, in half. You know, and in such a way that you know, we're going to spend a little bit of time with the detective story, a little bit of time with the games, and then we're going to go flip back and forth. And we're never going to spend too much time with either one. So, you know, because we, because we have a mixed audience. I'm sure we have people like Mark who are more interested in the cop part of this, the detective part. And you have probably the majority of the audience who are strictly there to see people mutilated and you don't want to piss them off by not giving them enough gore. Uh, does that answer your question sufficiently?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, (laughs) Leo. Listening to you talk, I really do want to get you to watch the original. Uh, I mean, the first two actually are really. I again, like, there's certainly graphic elements. uh, The second one more so than the first. But I mean, if you've and uh, I've brought this up in the past, if you've seen um, Seven, I have. Then you've seen more on-screen violence than you'll get out of the first Saw movie.
0: Okay, that sounds like I I can tolerate it.
1: I mean, it's all designed to be very intense, but there's so little... You see the... like It's one of the brilliant things that went into actually the filming and creation of the first Saw movie is they didn't have the budget to really do a lot of graphic stuff, so they do the intelligent thing... And either show you characters reacting to it or they actually will show um, photographs uh, very briefly of you know, some of this. And it's a, it's a really great film technique because you're never going to put something on screen that's worse than what your imagination can come up with. Right. And it's one of the reasons I think so many people reacted so viscerally to that movie as opposed to some of the follow-ups when they just like, "Okay, we're going to show you somebody's head being split open with bad CGI. Thanks, guys." versus the implication of same uh without ever actually showing it. I mean, it, again, restraint in filmmaking, it's a wonderful thing. Um so,
0: let's get to Let's get to the critical elements of this thing. Let let let's move this along. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I I don't have like anything good to say here. <laughs> um, none of the well, acting is all let's, that interesting. I don't get uh, to none go. Of the, uh, we're,
0: we're, I don't get to go first. What happened? Are we, are we dreaming let differently? Let me go first here. <laughs> okay.
1: Because I I might be wind up being harsher than you on this, and I'd rather you kind of like try to temper it. Um, none of the acting here is all that – I mean, it's rare that you get, like, truly phenomenal performances out of horror movies. But there are some that that exist, and they, and A, they deserve to be recognized and celebrated more so than they are. But when I say the acting isn't good, I don't necessarily – like, my, my standard here is not, well, it's bad for the average prestige film from Paramount Studios. No, this is, like, bad acting – even for a horror movie it's just i mean the the guy whose name i can't remember hammond nelson Uh, yeah the guy who's like supposed to be the resurgent jigsaw killer just oh god so bad so flat just like flat um deeply uninteresting i mean you guys couldn't spring for carrie always to come back would have been so nice uh, the writing is bad. You don't... I mean, Mark, you brought it up. You don't care about the characters. And if you don't actually care about these people, then there's... then you, you can't either derive tension from their near demise or satisfaction from their demise if they're that terrible of a person. They're just talking heads. There's nothing there. And because there's nothing there... There's no emotional reaction from the audience, apart from maybe the occasional visceral bit about, oh, that was gross, uh, but that's that's so weak. That's nothing. Like, you shouldn't be proud of that. You should be ashamed of yourself. But the only thing you could elicit as far as a reaction go in 90 minutes of runtime was the occasional gag reflex of the weak stomach. Uh, the visual effects are bad. Again, the CGI is just... It's not good. It's really not good. (laughs) That whole last bit when the guy's head falls apart. I watched that and I just went, really? I mean, I'll give them... There's a little bit of credit that needs to be given to the... Either the physical... Because I believe this was done physically. The bodies, when they actually examine them, are done rather well. Um, But anything else, like, nope. You just, nope. Looks awful. Um... Yeah, again, uh, this feels like bad fanfic. Like, okay, they did X, Y, and Z in these other entries, so let's just do X, Y, and Z again. They'll never see that coming. Really? Like, y- I mean, your whole audience here is people who have seen these movies.
0: <laughs>
1: it's just like the dumbest thing ever. You're not a, you're not drawing in a new wave of fans. You're not. I mean, everyone who is seeing this one, which is the eighth. Let me double-check here. It's the eighth or ninth movie in this... It's eighth, okay. It's the eighth movie in this franchise. It's a fair bet to say that anyone who's actually seeing this has seen the other movies and is therefore going to see everything you're doing and know exactly what's coming because you freaking suck. <laughs> it's it's uh, Again, like, the only positive, there's a little bit of the physical... of, you know, some physical effects work that was pretty nice. And Tobin Bell is always going to be awesome as Jigsaw. And I know why they keep bringing him back and finding excuses to bring him back, because he's the only decent thing about half of these movies. But you've got to come up with a better way to do this, guys. (laughs) Um, I mean, the only bit in this entire movie that actually felt like part of the Saw franchise when it actually is good, when it doesn't suck was that last bit when he gives those two people that are chained to the wall the uh, double-barreled shotgun with a, sh- with a single shell. And, you know, this is your key to freedom. Figure it out. And, you know, the way that comes back to bite them with how they play that. That was good. Like, that's a, like, that's a, that's a jigsaw thing to do. Everything else about this movie, I just wanted to, like, put my head through a wall. Just, no, it's not good. I I can't say anything good
0: about. I actually have a real big issue with that scene,
1: not with the
0: execution as such, but Tobin Bell's performance in that scene. You know, I said to Sean uh, on Thursday when we when we looked at Halloween three, I said, you know, there 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 comes a point in a performance where you really need to turn it on, you know, turn the gauge up to eleven really be engaging chew the scenery, do something, but, you know, raise the, raise the level of your performance, you know, to create something truly memorable. And my, my problem with season of the witch was, you know, when he's finally giving the big reveal to what his plan is, he's just sort of saying it and and it's flat and uninteresting. And Sean was like, Oh, well, well, you know, it's, Uh, It comes across as creepy that way. And I'm like, no, I thought it came across as just boring. Um, I had the same problem here with that scene. Where there was an opportunity. I mean, I don't necessarily need him to go Christopher Lloyd and Roger Rabbit. Uh, Remember
1: me, Eddie?
0: I don't... I I said that of Season of the Witch. I I didn't need him to hit that pitch in that scene. But he doesn't it didn't come across as he seemed interested either. It was kind of, here's a shotgun, there's one shell in it, lots of luck, and walked out of the room.
1: Like the whole... Um, hit- if I might defend that very briefly for... I feel like a lot of that is your, and this isn't you personally, but if, you do, if, you, if this was the first movie of this franchise that you'd seen, yeah, I get why you feel that way. Okay. Jigsaw's whole thing is that he is extraordinarily dispassionate, and when it's done right, it actually makes him creepier. He is utterly Fine. implacable. It,
0: it did not achieve that level, and I get that. I, I, you know, th- that was again Sean's argument for season of the witch, which I get. But just because you are dispassionate, or just because you are um, I forget the word that Sean used. But you know, if you're, you're giving sort of a calm, measured performance, by virtue of you doing so, it doesn't make it good. It still ha- you still have to it still has to be good. It still has
1: to be yeah, engaging. I, I, again, when this wasn't when Jigsaw is written properly, it comes across ve- it comes across a lot better. Um there's huge se- there's whole huge sequences in uh, the second movie that are just him and like Donnie Wahlberg talking. And he's, and he is, you know, creepy, despite being physically like riddled with cancer at that point, and not a threat physically at all. When it's written properly, it works. I I don't think I agree with you. I don't think it works as well in this instance. I think, and I feel like they're probably using the excuse they they get to lean on the the excuse of, well, Jigsaw's not a very flamboyant, drum over the top character, and. He isn't, but that shouldn't be an excuse for you to write bad dialogue.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking about some of the Quentin Tarantino movies, uh, which aren't known for their monologues. You know, more specifically, I'm thinking about uh, The Hateful Eight, which we talked about um, two years ago. There are a lot of monologues in that movie, but they're all delivered with a degree of intensity, whether it's you know Samuel Jackson talking about getting a blowjob in the snow, or <laughs> you know some of the other uh, bits of dialogue in that, you know nobody was nobody in that movie is necessarily chewing the, chewing the scenery with gusto, but the, there's an intensity again to their performances that kept me engaged in a movie where there's hardly any action. That is a that that is a stage play captured on screen that is, which we talked about at the time that yeah. it's just long stretches of dialogue which you can do but you have to do it effectively and that comes down to performance and and, uh, and the script you know as you said you know if you if the dialogue is bad it's, it takes a real special person to turn into something interesting but I just felt like. We're finally at the the, the ma of this entire performance. We are we are things are hitting a fever pitch. At least Matt Passmore gave it a shot. You know, call Matt Passmore flat and everything else.
1: The I second didn't think coming of Jai Courtney. That,
0: I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but when but when he when he when he, when he turns into. When he does the final reveal and he takes the, the collar off his neck and he turns into Jigsaw, I, I'm not saying it's a great performance, but at least he tried, okay? He really did go for creepy. He didn't quite get it, uh, and I don't think he's a great actor <laughs> this is the problem.
1: He, but, yeah, like that, that fell down so hard for me.
0: <laughs> but at least he tried is my point. Like I, you know, it's, it's uh, kind Keanu of like tried a t- to
1: be creepy once or twice too. It didn't work. It like, it, I, well, I, I understand I, what you're saying. Like, I'll give him credit for trying. Unfortunately, it's, it's for me, like when watching, someone tries for creepy and fails, it takes me. A, it, it that's almost worse than them not really trying.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say it. It kind of reminds me of watching a child's performance. Generally speaking, it's not good, but you know, there aren't they adorable. <laughs> or, or isn't it cute to kind of watch him try? You know, it's it's no. fun to see little kids up there doing a doing a school play. It's terrible on its face, but, I, I, you know, it's cute to watch him try. And that's all I could think about during that entire thing. It was like, oh, you're adorable. <laughs> it's like I was trying not to laugh during that scene because, you know, people were really into it. And I'm like, I don't want to be like, <clears> you know, the whole time, you know, as he... As he goes from, like, he talks normal through the entire feature, and then at the end he's like, and you let all these criminals get away. Like, what are you, channeling the Emperor from Star Wars? What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Like,
1: talk normal. Uh, I had a very very similar reaction to, um, great movie, by the way, this one I'm going to reference, but there's a scene in John Wick uh, where Keanu Reeves, tries to go for intimidating and creepy. And I I really like that movie. I really do. It's a great throwback style of, like, pseudo-revenge. Just enough character and enough to get you invested in understanding why people are doing what they're doing. The gunplay and the fights are all well-choreographed and executed. And then there's this one scene where he tries to to be intimidating and it just doesn't work like he's he's scarier when he's you know unstoppable but unspeaking than when he's trying to sell you on being creepy it, it's it's weird but I uh, again i get what you're saying like it just again like there's no really good acting in this and, and again even by the standards of your average horror movie the acting is just kind of blah I want to
0: talk about the games for a minute because I thought having never seen these movies before getting and getting away from the gruesome murdering of people in each of one of these scenes. The first one is way stupid. Um, The the buckethead scene where, you know, where the one of them. let, Let me say this. If, if you're waiting for me to say something positive about this movie, uh, uh, about the, the games part of it, I will say this. And, the, and when the, the one female character kind of summed it up. If it's a game, then it's winnable. And I did like the idea that it isn't just – these aren't just sort of Batman 66 torture-murder devices – with no way out of them, except, you know, Batman reaches into his utility belt, pulls out the shark repellent, and voila, lobster. Um, you know, it isn't that. It's Here's the thing. Here, here's the puzzle. Figure out the puzzle or you die. Okay. That I can actually bite into. I like a good puzzle. I like a good mystery. I like, you know, watching people sort of figure things out. So, you know, and then there's somewhat... Uh, yeah, the added tension of If you don't figure out the puzzle You're going to be eviscerated So that actually hooked me
1: Yeah, the better bit... Entries into this franchise I think you will you might actually enjoy Because there's a fair amount of that And it is really interesting okay. to watch
0: Right, so, you know As she said, these are winnable There is a way out of these things You're not just waiting to be ripped to shreds Um. So let's talk about them in pieces here The Buckethead thing i I just thought it was stupid because it's like,' okay, well, the only way out of that is to cut yourself all right <laughs> yeah. let's turn the page um the next one I was really fascinated by because it was it, it keyed into the one character and what she did wrong and and how she went about it and what 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 annoyed me was she figures out that she robbed this woman for three dollars and fifty three cents. And then the woman died, and it's her fault, and she had an opportunity to help her, and she didn't. And that, that's the big sin that she's being punished for. But what killed me was I'm, I'm looking at the other – as she's starting to figure out that, that you know there's a 3.53 dot, three dot three on one of the needles, that's clearly the answer. <laughs> that's clearly the one that she needed to pick. And I, it's, it's Mitch. It was just a bag of... Or Ryan? No. um, I think it was Ryan. Ryan. Ryan's the one who's actually holding
1: the syringes.
0: Yeah, Ryan, who's just a giant bag of shit through this this entire movie, has got all the needles, and and, and he's just just so stupid. It's like... He went out of his way to murder this woman to save himself when
1: it was clear what the the answer was. The only thing I'll say about that is once you once he starts being hanged, like once that whole mechanism kicks in, yeah, he's not going to – I understand at that point he's not going to – okay, this is the correct needle. I'm going to use this one. It's like, no, I'm going to stab you with my fistful of needles because I'm losing oxygen. Like I'm going to die very shortly if I don't do this. <laughs> but the fact I, that, like, uh... during the whole setup before that, like – yeah, none of them actually articulated. Again, like, she kind of figures out, oh, this is the right one, and then doesn't actually say, no, it's that one, give me that one.
0: Yeah. That's and as really, she's sitting there I,
1: flip-flopping, I, I... everyone else just, like, because they know that you know, bad stuff is about to happen, they're like, hurry up, hurry up, <laughs> hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up. And, she just, and she just never actually says, yes, that one, give me that one. Right. Because people are stupid. Yeah,
0: I... Yeah,
1: it was. It, it,
0: not only are these bags of shit, but they're also dumb as shit. Um, so we, we move on to the next one, and I, I found myself asking, what happens if Ryan doesn't try to escape? How was this supposed to go? Because the mechanism, I, the way that this was shot, the mechanism to stop the grain, the the grains from uh, burying the other two characters. And, and, and what if all three of them had walked in there? See, that, 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 that didn't make any sense to me. The whole thing is they oh, walk into that I room. Oh, can,
1: I can actually kind of help you with that.
0: Yeah, because Be- I'm like... Cause
1: because they, he hang on, let stepped me, let me, on me. that...
0: Okay, let, let me explain my confusion here. Okay. If he doesn't try to escape and they all walk into the silo, how were they supposed to get out? If the mechanism the silo to, only to opened that,
1: because he stepped on that.
0: Okay. So in other words, if he doesn't try to escape, then the silo doesn't open, and they're just stuck in there.
1: No, no, the other door opens—the one they go through after that.
0: Yeah, this like is the- how. This is why I used to get frustrated playing Mist. Like, if you don't <laughs> do one thing, you just stand in the room for hours on end trying to figure out what the fucking clue is.
1: No, uh, again, like, the the whole silo thing doesn't happen if he doesn't step through that, you know, rotted wood and get his leg caught, and they just go through the door they were supposed to go through to begin with, which led into the the next game that we'll get to in a second. Like, all three of them were supposed to be completely whole going into that one, but... Because they made that particular, because Ryan made that particular choice, it opened up this other sub-game that otherwise they could have bypassed completely. Yeah, that
0: still sucks though, and and I think that's just poor planning on Jigsaw's part. You know,
1: no, I I actually week- think it's good planning because he allowed for them to potentially try to deviate from his plan. Like bad planning is just he spray paints no exit and changes it shut and leaves it at that.
0: No, what I'm saying is. If each one of these rooms is designed to target an individual person and punish them for their misdeeds but that room could have been bypassed entirely had they just stayed on the you know stayed on the yellow brick road and not gotten you know and, and not tried to cheat then what was the point of that room at all in well, case you know, they tried why to cheat th- they, but, why, but was there maybe I'm overthinking this but was there a possibility of cheating in every room that, that, that ends in disaster or just that one?
1: See, it's a little just too contrived. Just is that one because that was the only one with a door out of the building.
0: It's contrived. It's, it's, it's too contrived. Of course it, it it's contrived. <laughs> you know, I can, get around the, I, can, I can wrap my head around the idea of every room is a punishment room designed to murder one of them for their misdeeds. I can't get behind the idea of, well, this one particular room has a "just in case you're a real fucking idiot" part. Like, come on! I, it just it, it irritated me. Um, no, I'm
1: okay with it. So anyway,
0: so they get out of that sequence, and then you know, and then there's the, uh, the the spiral thing that's set to kill. What's uh, his face? Van Peebles.
1: Uh, um.
0: Yeah. And as she tries to...
1: I, la- uh, I always I laugh because in, a, in pretty much every one of these movies, especially once we get to four, I have always laughed at one part. Mm-hmm. And it's usually something like this one, where somebody is given the opportunity to actually fix their problem. Like, he's got to reach down through this spiral and pull the handbrake to stop the spinning wheel of death and somebody provides some kind of assistance that makes this immediately possible safely, and they don't take it. And right. I always have to laugh yeah. at that, because that's the only reaction I, you can was, have.
0: Was it me, or was that sequence edited poorly? Like, I was having some difficulties following what was happening there.
1: I didn't have any problems of that nature.
0: Okay, I I mean, I understood in... in, in in general, what, what, was tr- what was happening and what they were trying to do. I just, I don't know. I, the, the way that it was shot and edited just seemed a bit clunky to me. That's fair. Um, and then after that, we get to, we finally get to the end sequence, which, I, which I've already discussed. I, I liked the idea of, you know, this is, this is the Joker, you know, in the two boats. Okay, it, one of you doesn't kill the other, everyone dies. And the idea is you're supposed to rise above this sort of thing. Open the shotgun, find the keys, and set yourselves out. Because if you use the shotgun, you fuck both of you. Okay, got it. Uh, I actually like that. Again, it's the two jokers from the from the Dark Knight. Here's my problem. Um, we already discussed it. I'm not going to belabor the point. I thought the I, I thought uh, Tobin Bell's performance in that scene sucked. I actually. I actually liked Ryan's performance. Once he, once the the gun's gone off and it kills the other chick, uh, and he he's realizing what that he's, happened. Yeah, and he realizes he's completely fucked. He's gonna die in that room, and he's going to die of starvation, basically.
1: Oh, um, blood loss first.
0: Uh huh. So I and 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 he really did, that actor really does a great job of capturing. Uh, that that sense of uh, that sense of loss, you know, that uh, regret, the, all of it. Just the, he suddenly realizes he's doomed, and he's, he's going to die slowly and horribly. Uh, and that he and he was so close to getting out of it, but you know, the 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 worst part of both of them prevailed. Uh, and th- and that I actually liked. And I kind of wish the movie had just ended there. <laughs> but then we have this silly sequence with uh, the final silly sequence between the cop and Logan. And, and here's what I want to say about that. There was an opportunity to make a better movie out of this. Had they actually focused a little bit more on the detective and shown his misdeeds? Yeah. You know, if, if they if they had written a story, and I'm not saying take all the the games out of it, but if the story the story focuses so much on Logan and his his assistant and pointing the fingers at them, that they they miss the opportunity to tell the detective story, so that when he finally does get his comeuppance, there's some evocation of feeling there. I feel nothing because I know nothing. The, he's just, you know. I'm not, they don't really establish, I mean, just a a sort of, you know, deathbed confession at the very end of the movie isn't very, isn't very interesting. Um, So the fact that he's like, you know, you let all these people, I let all these people go and I was a shitty cop and blah, 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 blah. Where was any of that in the pre, you know, like show him taking a bribe, show him at the beginning of the movie, letting somebody off the hook so at least you know it establishes all of that so later on when he gets his comeuppance at least you can kind of go back to those scenes and go oh I get it now he's a shitty, he's a shitty person and blah blah yeah. um, he's just doing his job through most of the movie you don't really get a sense that he's a bad guy and then it's like and then he just yells at you on screen that he's a bad guy and then he gets his fucking head sli- sli- sliced open I'm like uh huh <laughs> and you're right that last image was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's so stupid.
1: It really is. Like, it's, it's just the worst.
0: <laughs> but you see what I'm saying about, like, they, they didn't tell his story, and then they tried to make up for it at the end, and it doesn't work?
1: Yeah. I, I agree completely. Again, it's one of the things that, if you get into the good entries into this franchise, you actually do spend enough time with the people involved to care, whether that's wanting to see them suffer and die or wanting to see them not suffer and die. And, 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 I mean, like the second one's a really good example of this. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of players in that one. Uh, The first one is a very minimalist movie. There's like less than 10 really speaking roles, if memory serves. And so, kind of by definition, you spend more time with some of these people. In, the, in two, there's a lot of players, but the ones that stick around long enough are – they do enough generally to get you to care a little bit about them one way or the other. And it's not always big things that they do, but there's enough time and enough attention given to them that you form an opinion one way or the other. And you get absolutely none of that out of this guy.
0: That's really it. I don't have a whole lot else to say about the movie. Um, I wasn't frightened in any way, so I think there is a big failure of the movie. Um, And, you know, I I don't need to repeat how I feel about things that are grotesque. Uh, I wish they had... I thought there was an interesting murder mystery here, but I think it could have been done better. And, you know, I've uh, the performance is kind of meh. To, meh to at least you tried to, eh, not very engaging. So that's, that's my thoughts on Jigsaw.
1: Yeah, I really wish they had let this franchise die after the last one, because the last one sucked too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Are you uh, ready for the money?
1: Yeah, because, hey, it's profitable.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, money, money,
1: money, money. Dollar, dollar.
0: All righty. With a budget of a mere pittance, $10 million. Uh, it's opening weekend so far worldwide, twenty nine million dollars. Now, the interesting thing about this is I was uh, I was actually looking at all of the weekends so far this year, uh, looking at you know which had the uh, the best weekends, the worst weekends, you know in terms of grosses, and. This has, in terms of uh, worldwide gross, this past weekend, second worst of the year. The, the only one that was worse was August 25th through the 27th, in which case the Hitman's Bodyguard was the number one movie. And that came in at a worldwide uh, uh, overall gross, uh, $69 million. Uh, this past weekend, it was $75 million. Not good, not good at all um the best weekend this year so far was March seventeenth through the nineteenth and that- and the number one movie that weekend was Beauty and the Beast. No shit, Sherlock <laughs> but uh yeah the uh, this was not a great weekend for the for the movies you know and and while jigsaw did its best it uh not, not enough. Not, certainly, uh, certainly no competition to the, some of the weekends uh, this summer. Um, I mean, yeah, it's profitable um, at, uh, at almost 30000000 million. We'll see how well it does going into the future. You know, we said this about Geostorm, and it bears repeating. Next week is, uh, this, this weekend is Thor, uh, which is already made in, in just its international release. Before it's even hit domestic box office, it's at its domestic release. It's already made like 109 million dollars, so I don't know how much more movie, how, how much more money Jigsaw is gonna make, but it, it's.
1: It'll close out around 35 or so.
0: And and again, that it's profitable, but meh. you know it's not exactly, you know when you look at the top 20 movies and how much they have made of the year, it's not even gonna come close.
1: No, but hey, at least it's not a loss. Unlike other major no. films, some of which we've reviewed,
0: <laughs> you know, and good for Lionsgate. Let's see. How, like, good, there how there is hasn't Lions... been a
1: single Saw movie that has lost money. They have all been profitable.
0: Um, looking at uh, how good Lionsgate's doing this year, and they don't have a Lala lot of
1: Lands... releases this year.
0: No. Well, I was going to say, uh, their, number one, their number one movie for this year came out last year, and it was La La Land. But uh, as far as movies that came out this year, Lionsgate's best movies, their, their top five, are John Wick, Power Rangers, The Hitman's Bodyguard, and The Shack. And only one of those, no, none of those made it over $100 million.
1: To be fair, I, don't think, I only think a couple of those really needed over $100 million. I believe John Wick was still profitable. Hitman's Bodyguard was, if memory serves, quite profitable. Power Rangers bombed hard, though.
0: Yeah, Power Rangers did not do well. Um, yeah, John Wick made 171 million worldwide. Uh, so yeah, these are domestic totals. Uh, Power Rangers, on a budget of 100 million, made 142 million worldwide. So that's a loss.
1: Uh, that's a loss.
0: Um uh, That's a bad one. Yep. Uh yeah, Hitman's bodyguard was you know, they did well with that one. That was only a 30 million dollar budget and uh, worldwide it made 176 million dollars. So good for Ryan Reynolds. Um,
1: uh, no, no. They I'm also, not giving, but, hang on, hang on. Appropriate credit needs to be given to the right place for that movie's success. Whoever scheduled it to come out when it did. <laughs> Because that was placed uh, in a dead couple of weeks. And it's like, oh, nothing's coming out here. Well, we've got a chance to succeed. Let's schedule our movie there. And succeed they did.
0: Uh, Tyler Perry's Boo 2 Medea Halloween was a Lionsgate release. And that had a production budget of $25 million. And so far it's made $36 million worldwide. So, you know, it's, not, you know, hey, listen, they're not, loss. they're not Paramount. Nobody, nobody at Lionsgate's on suicide watch. Is my point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so here's how the weekend broke down. Uh, Jigsaw was the number one movie this this weekend with a domestic uh, take of sixteen million. Tyler Perry dropped from one to two with ten million. Geostorm two to three with five with almost six million. Happy Death <laughs> Day three to four with five million. Blade Runner dropped from four to five with four million. Thank you for your service. Debuted at number six. Uh, it was followed by Only the Brave, The Foreigner, and and the one movie that really fucking took a shit this weekend. It really bombed. Was yet another Coen Brothers movie. This one with Matt Damon in the movies. Uh, Suburbicon debuted at uh, number like, nine with two million dollars.
1: Yeah, the Coen Brothers tend to make movies that are more awards movies than the most commercially successful.
0: Yeah, ain't that the truth? Uh it dropped from seven to ten with two million five hundred to five hundred thousand. And then our last debut of the weekend, uh, that I'm gonna talk about is let the is something called Let There Be Light, which debuted at number eleven. I have no idea what that is. So Uh, That's how the weekend went. Uh, Not a whole lot of changes in the yearly totals. Um, Again, looking at worldwide, same as it ever was.
1: (laughs) And will be for another three weeks.
0: Uh, Well, no, Thor will enter the the top ten. Yeah,
1: Thor will enter the top ten in the next three weeks, but it's not going to debut in the top ten. It'll take at least a full week for it to get there.
0: Justice League is also uh, looking to track at 100 million. So, um, we'll, do, we'll do this a little bit differently. We'll look at the top. we we'll look at the bottom five. We have Guardians of the Galaxy, which is pretty safe to stay in the top ten at 863 million. Wonder Woman, it's fairly safe to stay in the top ten at 121 million. Uh, Pirates, it, and Logan are all in danger of being knocked out of the top ten. Pirates is at number eight, it at number nine with, this is funny actually, it's currently sitting at 666 million, get it, 666, <laughs>
1: six?
0: the number of the beast, um, and then Logan is at number 10 with 6, 616 million, yeah, all three of those are probably going to get knocked out of the top 10 by the year's end, again, Star Wars, Justice League, and Thor.
1: I'm hoping at least one of those movies bombs, just so I can laugh. But uh, it's unlikely.
0: Um, well, you know that Star Wars is probably going to make two billion dollars. So, that, so you know, I can't imagine less people will go see the Last Jedi than saw the Force Awakens. That that would be crazy. I can imagine
1: off. that actually.
0: I can't. Um,
1: A lot of people felt conned by the Force Awakens.
0: And they'll still go see The Last Jedi. Everyone wants to see Luke
1: Skywalker.
0: This is his I really,
1: re- like, this is one of my things about Like, guys, if you don't want to see it, just don't see it. I wouldn't see it if I didn't have to. <laughs>
0: um, but you think, so, that, so that'll be the number one movie of the year, more than likely. I figure Thor and Justice League will probably be somewhere between three and Seven.
1: So. probably um, I mean again, I'm gonna laugh real hard if one of them doesn't like if neither of those if one of those two doesn't make it into the top ten uh, somebody needs to be fired <laughs> like, again hundred. if Justice League pewters out at like say four to five hundred million um which was oh, i good. mean dawn of justice, what did dawn of justice do? That was a severe underperformer.
0: Um, hang on, Dawn of Justice.
1: Bear in mind, when I say Uh, underperformer, it was it still did like six hundred million, something like that, I think, but
0: No, Dawn of Justice, um did eight hundred and seventy three million.
1: Okay. Which was still underperforming as far as that relative to expectations, but
0: Yeah. It needed to make a billion dollars, it didn't,
1: yeah, like they lost All money right. if it didn't make a billion dollars, but my point being, if Justice league pewters out around say the six hundred to seven hundred million mark, i'm gonna laugh, i'm gonna laugh hard
0: um just the final word on jigsaws money so twenty nine million on a ten million dollar budget's not bad, but it too underperformed, not high as not as high as it was it was initially tracking to be, so that that. Uh, do I right, yeah, no, please or not leave my
1: fr- leave the franchise alone, Lionsgate. You have milked all <laughs> that you're going to get out of it. Stop it.
0: Well, they got a new jigsaw now, so they have a whole new series. They had of music a new jigsaw
1: they- after the last movie that they just summarily ignored for this one.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I didn't know that. All right, are you ready?
1: Like three, they've ended like three of the last four or five movies in that franchise with. Here's your new jigsaw. It's like, <laughs> uh, anyway. No god.
0: No god, please no, 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 no. Okay, here we go. Uh, Siddhant Adlaka from birth.movies.death. You could say everything you need to about Jigsaw without ever mentioning the one film called Jigsaw, which is especially egregious and to positions itself as a vital puzzle piece. It isn't.
1: Yeah, that's fair again. Like, the whole thing feels like bad fan fiction. Like, we could... There's, like, three or four movies in this franchise that we could discuss independently, and between the four of them, you get this movie.
0: Sarah Dobbs of Sci-Fi Now. Jigsaw isn't just retreading old ground. It's new and old at the same time. A complex, tense, and brutal gore fest that feels completely unlike any horror movie of the past decade.
1: Have you watched any horror movies from the like? that doesn't even make sense like how did you compose that sentence i mean no like uh how can you be that wrong (laughs) this feels like literally every other saw movie You it doesn't feel stupid just stupid
0: Matthew Rose of salon.com top critic which brings us to Jigsaw which failed for very much the same reasons as The Mummy. It was made to launch a franchise rather than because it was actually about something.
1: That is fu- your comparisons are fundamentally flawed on so many levels you moron. All right, let's start with this. This was not intended to launch a franchise. It's already in a franchise. It's already in a very successful franchise. It's not launching anything. So you're just, like, completely ass-backwards. Two, this didn't fail for the same reasons The Mummy failed. I mean, by definition, this has not failed. It made money. The Mummy failed because nobody wanted that. It had a bloated budget. It was trying to be saleable just on Tom Cruise's name, which doesn't carry nearly as much weight as as it used to. And the entire thing was shot in front of a terrible, terrible green screen. Like, the the effects in this movie were bad, but at least there were actual sets rather than putting Tom Cruise on a treadmill in front of a green screen and like, okay, we'll fill in the explosions later. How? How did you make that connection? It's so, so misguided.
0: Okay. Um... Elena Lazic of Little White Lies Jigsaw isn't any less competent than the best of its predecessors but it is little more than a capable rehash of things these films have done over and over
1: Um I would again I fundamentally disagree with the first part of that like the really good entries into this franchise whether you like them or not there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of good craft that went into them there's not that here just Uh, stupid, just like fundamentally stupid.
0: John, think of the film stage. Jigsaw is hollow genre exercise from a series that once dared to dip its toe into the healthcare debate.
1: Oh, shut up, you flaming jackass! <laughs> How dare you? How dare you reference that movie? How dare you reference that one? That one is awful. <laughs> like, no. You, you you want to mention that this that the Saw franchise has good entries into it? I agree with you, but no. But what time when they took on healthcare? Boy, that sure was a good entry. You, you moron. That is that is an awful like. That might be the worst. That literally might be the worst <laughs> entry into this franchise in no small part because it spends so much time preaching about the evils of healthcare providers. I mean, I don't know who wrote that or what they did to siphon off Bernie Sanders nightmare fuel. Like, but, <laughs> no, like the good entries into this franchise are just really good horror movies. But because you'd rather, no, no, they actually tackled healthcare at one point and, Boy, we sure do applaud that. That movie sucked ass. Did you actually see it, Mr. Reviewer? Because I assume you didn't. If you're referencing it as anything other than utter crap. Awful.
0: (laughs) I've actually seen quite a lot of reviews that reference the healthcare thing. You know not a lot of good it's done us so far we we elected a guy who swore to tear down universal health care but anyway moving right along
1: uh, uh, i mean seriously i probably would rate that as the worst entry into the whole franchise and these people are holding it up as some kind of pedestal because the what the espoused beliefs line up with yours therefore the movie is good you you, you self-righteous pontificating jackoff. like how dare you How dare you use what should be a platform for professionalism and disseminating knowledge and your perspective to the world as an excuse to masturbate with words? Who hires these people?
0: Dennis Schwartz, OZIS's World Movie Reviews. There is nothing to see here that needs to be seen.
1: I would generally agree with that. Of course, I'd agree with that about a lot of movies like Transformers and Geostorm.
0: You know, it's getting to the point where I'm going to start telling people to take a drink whenever you mention Transformers, you specifically.
1: That might be worth looking into, then. I can, get people, I can kill people with alcohol poisoning vicariously.
0: William Biviani of IGN Movies. For the very first time, it feels like the makers of a Saw movie aren't even interested in their own game.
1: No, it's the second or third time that's happened. Um, number five? Five or six had a lot of that same, like, we just don't care anymore type of feel to it.
0: Um... Emily Yoshida of New York Magazine and Vulture, top critic. Watching Jigsaw go about his torture business is about as interesting as watching a child burn ants, a dumb and ugly waste of energy, resources, and time.
1: Uh, See, I would kind of disagree with part of that. This is not the same as watching a child burn ants. Uh if you want to call it dumb, sure, it's kind of dumb. You want to call it ugly, sure, parts of it are ugly. But I, I think you have fundamentally missed the point of what and how Jigsaw operates. Of course, so did the writers of this movie. And I think that's all I got there.
0: Okay. Um. Saw 3D garnered the worst reviews of any soft flick scoring 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, of course, they had to make another one. That's Steve Newton of Georgia Strait.
1: That's a relatively fair point. Because, yeah, again, Saw 3D, not good at all. Under pretty much um, any circumstances.
0: All right. Uh, let's see here. Norman Weiler of Now Toronto. Look, if you enjoyed the previous installments, you'll like this one, too. It's designed to be precisely the same experience. This is not an endorsement.
1: Okay, see, now I feel like you're being unnecessarily, like, unnecessarily insulting to people who do kind of enjoy horror movies. Like, oh, you enjoyed... You enjoyed elements of these other ones, sure. Let's. You will probably enjoy the most dumbed-down, asinine version of this because you clearly don't know any better. Otherwise, you wouldn't have seen them to be like. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, how can you take these people seriously when the implications thrown about here are that well, even you know, we think these all suck. So you'll probably like these ones even though they suck more. Like, uh, it, it, it's again, it's like insulting. It's actively insulting.
0: You know, I know I've said this before whenever we do this bit, but it always seems like reviewers don't actually like the movies. I know. Like, they, they, like oh, we have to go watch a movie? God damn it. This is terrible.
1: I'd so much rather it, it, be, you know, trolling through various social media echo chambers and espousing my liberal propaganda. How dare I actually have to watch a movie and review it? Because <laughs> it's in your freaking job description? Maybe. I mean, I'd I'd rather accept, like, old man Morgenstern's position of I'm old and hate everything. Like, that's at least acceptable to me on some level. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Simon Abrams of RogerEbert.com, top critic. It's fun to watch. I just don't think it's the kind of fun filmmakers planned.
1: That's probably fair. Uh,
0: Let's see. Let's find one more good one. (laughs) <laughs> Kath Clark of Guardian: A slick, soulless horror flick just in time for Halloween. More trick than treat.
1: No, this is not. Again, like there's nothing really impressive about the making of this film. <laughs> again, other entries into this franchise. It's interesting to see how it's done and the craft that was that went into it. Here, not so much. Here, it's just kind of presented. I mean, as much as I'm insulted by, you know, that review, I should probably be somewhat insulted by the filmmakers in this who just clearly were just rehashing old material. But, hey, they like the movies, so they'll see this one. Like, how dare you? I dare a lot of you. Shame on you.
0: All right, last one. Rob Lean of Den of Geek. The cast just about sells it all, making the brisk runtime fly by. You'll wince, you'll while away 90 minutes. And you'll struggle to work it all out. What more do you expect from a Saw film?
1: Oh, you. 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 Okay. (laughs) No, no, no. You, sir. (laughs) Uh,
0: Get him, Winfrey. Get him.
1: Has the only thing you've seen as a film been like Plan 9 from Outer outer Space and The Room? Because, I mean, if your only frame of reference is like literally the worst movies made... Then maybe the acting in this looks good. But only if your only frame of reference, like your local community theater has acting on par with this. Like, how can you possibly go along with that? And then, what do I expect from a Saw movie? I expect something that makes a degree of sense. Let's start there. I expect something that engages me as a viewer. I expect characters that I care at least a modicum about the outcome of. You people just don't seem to understand. Again, there's this fundamental misunderstanding about why the good entries into this franchise are good and gave it a positive reputation. You wanted it distilled down into bullet points that you could then rehash ad nauseum because that's how you think apparently, and the bullet points don't really do it justice, and that gets lost on people who just want, yeah, more of that. Uh, boy, that shield match really was great. Well, what was great about it? Well, Roman Reigns did this thing good. More Roman Reigns. Like, no, that is not how this works. <laughs> how can you, uh, you're so deeply and fundamentally wrong about this. I expect, I expect uh, something that isn't this bad. How about that?
0: Uh, Scott Mendelson of Forbes. It doesn't justify a seven years later return of a once novel unique horror franchise.
1: I'll agree with that.
0: Yeah, I just like to read his stuff. Um, I think that's it. I don't think any one of you know either the the rest of the reviewers or whatever. Yeah, there's only three left that I haven't read. Um, yeah, I'll leave it then. Nope, we got to end on this one.
1: Kim oh, Newman joy. of
0: Empire Magazine. If you don't like Saw, this isn't going to change your mind. But it's a skillful, satisfying schlock, and respectful of its fan base. And the final oh, death is a show-stopping coup. <laughs> and the final death is a show-stopping coup de grace.
1: How? Really? Like that? That horrible, horrible CGIed octopus tentacle effect really did it for this guy. <laughs> I mean, what, what is your baseline here? Like, do you not? Is your basis for bad effects in film on a digital spectrum something that is below 16 bits? (laughs) Because I imagine it has to be that bad if that thing doesn't... No, this isn't respectful of its fan base. It's horribly derivative. It doesn't try to do anything interesting or useful or new. It just rehashes old material. It... Again, like, this is the least respectful thing of all. It's like, okay, we did that. We'll plug in. It's this horrible Frankenstein abomination of mis- mismatched, locked-together pieces from other entries into the franchise and then trying to sell it as something new. Like, no, wait, I'm pretty sure I saw that hand and that face. Like, I, I saw, I, I knew the people, like, like, your family dies in a horrible car crash. Somebody pieces together an individual based of the on the wreckage, and the leftovers, and then tries to pretend that it's a new person. Like, no, it's not respectful. It's insulting.
0: Ah, uh, this was fun. All right, next uh. week, everyone, Thor, Ragnarok. It's going to be fantastic. Robert Winfrey's going to love it.
1: I do not anticipate enjoying it, but I am open to having my mind changed by the actual movie. I just... none of their promotional materials have filled me with any desire or hope about seeing it. But I have been misled (laughs) by promotional materials for good and for ill in the past, and I am, of course, reserving final judgment until I've actually seen the darn thing.
0: It's going to be fantastic.
1: But if I think it sucks, I will... Stay here, and I will be the lone guy on the hill saying, no, this is terrible, and be buried under the avalanche of, how dare you, disagree. <laughs> I mentioned right, this before. Uh... There's a very real chance that, our, that the discussion of Thor is me being the old man going, get off my lawn, and Mark going, shut up and have fun.
0: <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time on this show. Uh, tomorrow night on the Metal Hammer of Doom is our Halloween show. It's a day late and a dollar short, but that's all right. Uh, we're going to look at Motorhead, Undercover. It's a covers album. <laughs> Get it? Undercover. Get it? Halloween. Trick or trick, treat. Costumes. Cosplay. Covers. Undercover. Get it? Motorhead. Um, and then next week is all Thor all the time. We've got uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, or Thor Disassembled, whatever you like. On source material, the aforementioned Ragnarok movie review here on Damn You Hollywood, Hollywood if she could. Um, we've got a we're gonna jump on the Wayback Machine. We're gonna look at an album by a band called Wizard, Wizard everyone Wizard, and their album aptly titled Thor. And then finally on 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 trial, Sean and I will put. Thor The Dark World on trial. Um, I think he is prosecuting and I am defending, as it were. There's things you can
1: defend about that movie.
0: The final fight sequence is great. It's very entertaining.
1: Yeah, there's some great stuff. There's some solid interactions between Thor and Loki. Uh, Again, there's some pretty solid stuff in that. uh, There's some certainly defensible material in the (laughs) In yep. Thor: The Dark World, there's some then stuff there's that's Malekith. inexcusably bad.
0: <laughs> and then there's Malekith.
1: All right, hey, I hear there's a pay per
0: view this weekend. Can I just,
1: I have to say this, like Loki's final bit there where he fakes his own death. How do neither of them decide, you know, just for the sake of completion, because this guy's faked this crap before? I'm going to kick the corpse in the nuts, like just to see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hit him with a hammer. Uh, hey, I hear there's a pay per view this weekend. I hear a fighter that uh, went into retirement is coming back. What about it? Is this Fedor Emilenko? Is it, uh, is it Dan the B-7? Is it Ken the steroid shamrock? Who is it, Robert Winfrey? Who's coming back to save us all?
1: Um, nobody.
0: Who's coming back this weekend, Robert Winfrey? Who's fighting? No
1: one. The, ma- the main event is a great fight. It's a bantamweight title fight between Cody Garbrandt and T.J. Dillashaw. I really am looking you're forward not, to that fight.
0: You're not acknowledging the real main event, are you?
1: I, I barely acknowledge the existence of a hypothetical fight between the man who should be champion, but who has, through his own machinations and the machinations of the UFC, turned into perhaps the worst title reign in UFC history. <laughs> I mean, okay, let me rephrase the worst title reign in UFC history with at least one defense of the belt because there's a bunch of people who just failed on their first attempt at defending it. And even some of those, that's still arguable because some of those fighters lost their belt to a deserving contender. Whereas Michael Bisbing, his first defense was against Dan Henderson for no reason other than, well, we think this will sell pay-per-views. It didn't. And he barely got by old man Henderson. I mean that, like, barely, barely got a three-to-two decision. And rather than then try to redeem his title reign by fighting a deserving number one contender, of which there were, look, there were four guys he could have fought. That would have that were legitimate top contenders, and nobody would have complained about it. Now oh, he fights Robert Whitaker or Joel Romero, or a rematch with Luke Rockhold, or again, like um, Gegard Musasi was still with the UFC at the time, or Jacare. I don't think Jacare had lost to Whitaker yet. You have all these guys who are like on winning streaks, legitimately talented fighters. And his response is, well, I'm kind of sore, because Dan Henderson almost knocked my head off again. And I want to fight GSP. I mean, his title reign is a farce. It is just a farce at this point.
0: I'm literally falling asleep. You need to wrap this up.
1: Anyway, UFC 217, the event in question... And I'm going to laugh when it does sub- suboptimal pay-per-view buys as well, because I'm sadistic like that. Uh, you know, you're the last fight to go on, and I'm praying for an injury to one of the fighters, uh, just because I don't want to watch it, is a middleweight title fight between Michael Bisbing and the returning George St. Pierre. I'm on record. I want GSP to win and then retire again. <laughs> That is the sequence of events I want to happen.
0: All <laughs> right. It would amuse All right, folks.
1: Me. Um, it's yeah, a great. Plugs, anyway, man. hang on. It's a great card. Although it's a really, really good card. Like my my distaste for the main event aside, the other yeah, four girlfriend. fights on the main card, great fights. Is it and your um, so fighting? I do not have a girlfriend, and you know that. Thank There's you, though, for once champion. again reminding me of my crippling loneliness. And antisocial disorders.
0: <laughs> Your girlfriend, Joanna Champion.
1: She's not my girlfriend. I keep trying to explain this to you. She's actually engaged. I think.
0: To you? Buzz time. No.
1: Why would she be? No. How? This is why you're entertained by Transformers. I guess. I don't know. Like that, that, that's the <laughs> only. Uh, that's uh, that's all I've got. Like no.
0: Robert and Joanna sitting in the tree. P-U-N-C-H-I-N-G. Get it? She's a fighter? Eh? Uh,
1: You need a new (laughs) bet.
0: I'm deliriously tired.
1: You're about as entertaining as Gallagher.
0: Oh, yeah. I was telling my kids about him. About uh, the man who smashed watermelons with a giant mallet. All right.
1: Um uh, anyway, so the point on. being UFC 217 this Saturday, I will have coverage in the MMA Zone of 411 Mania, so stop by, say hello. I appreciate it.
0: I might actually. Uh, watch I will.
1: This one. Well, of course, because you like freak show fights and terrible terrible movies. I do. <laughs> uh so again, stop by Feel free to interact with the chat. If you have the comment section, you can ask me questions if you happen to have them. I do my best to interact with the comments with the section of the comments between fights when I have time. And if you want a full breakdown of that event, uh, the 411 Ground and Pound radio show, we previewed it on Sunday. You can listen to that where we talk about the fights, what we think will happen, so on and so forth. This coming Sunday, we'll review that event and preview fight night, I believe, 120, which is a pretty solid free night of fights. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Anthony Pettis is a good main event. Um, Matt Brown's fighting Diego Sanchez because violence. And really, who needs more of an incentive than that? Um, yeah, again, it's a, so we'll be previewing that card, which is, again, it's not bad. There's a a couple of decent fights there. And next week, Mark and I will talk Thor when he tries to explain to me that the Hulk makes everything better. And (laughs) I try to explain to him that the Hulk is not interesting because he's really not.
0: All right, folks. Be well, be safe, and behave. And more importantly, happy Halloween, everyone.